can't pay the IRS, haven't filed in a while, receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA has brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit TNUSA.com slash Victor. TNUSA.com slash Victor. Hello, gentlemen. This is the Victor Davis Hanson Show. I am Jack Fowler, the host, but the star namesake is Victor Davis Hanson, and he is the Martin and Ely Anderson Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institution and the Wayne Marshall Buskey Distinguished Fellow in History at Hillsdale College. You know, we normally, Victor, um, I mentioned the the day that we're recording, and somehow it gets edited out. But I think it's important that it stay in right here because we are recording on Monday evening, uh, July 31st. And we've got some snippets of news about Devin Archer's behind closed door testimony to Congress about his relations with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. So we don't have a full accounting of, of uh, more fuller fledged news that probably will appear in a day or two after we're recording. So I just want to mark that and note that. And then I think, Victor, we should begin this uh, a podcast this episode hearing your views on some of the uh information that has come out so far and let's get to that right after these important messages hey folks if you've been listening to our show you've probably heard victor talk about hillsdale college it's one of the few colleges in the u.s still interested in teaching truth. What you probably didn't know is that they have over 40 free online courses. And Victor is one of the professors in three of those courses, American Citizenship and Its Decline, based on Victor's book, The Dying Citizen, How Progressive Elites, Tribalism, and Globalization Are Destroying the Idea of America, The Second World Wars, based on his book by the same name, and Athens and Sparta, partly based on his book, A War Like No Other, How the Athenians and Spartans Fought the Peloponnesian War. Don't you wish Victor would have been one of your professors in college? Well, now you can join him as he covers some of the main ideas of his books with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, for free. The courses are seven to nine episodes long, and they are self-spaced, so you can take them whenever and wherever. I think I'm going to start with American Citizenship and Its Decline, where Victor explores the history of citizenship in the West 
and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. Hey, start your free course with Victor Davis Hansen today. Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash vdh to start. It's free and it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu slash vdh to start. hillsdale.edu slash vdh. Have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and veggies may actually lower, lower your risk of cancer. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. If not, you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is found in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. Will Field of Greens prevent, treat, or cure cancer? No, but it's so powerful, it promises at your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. I got you 15% off and free rush shipping. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code VICTOR, V-I-C-T-O-R, for your discount. That's promo code VICTOR at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. We're back with the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Uh, I, I will mention a little length later in the in this episode, Victor, uh, inform our uh, listeners, particularly our new listeners, about your official formal website, The Blade of Perseus, victorhanson.com. And we are sponsored today by ExpressVPN. And I'll uh, say a little more about those good folks at ExpressVPN a little later also. So, Victor, uh, two two things today. Let me just get two, two, sides, of, two, two sides of spin about uh, Devin Archer's greatly anticipated testimony behind uh, closed doors of the House Oversight Committee now, earlier in the day. And I'm looking at a, a piece that Jim Garrity and my former colleague at National Review filed. And here's how, how it goes. It says, relax, everyone. This afternoon, CNN reports that a source familiar with the closed door interview of Devin Archer by the House Oversight Committee says that Archer's former business partner, Hunter Biden, was selling the quote-unquote illusion of access to his father. But not real access. Representative Dan Goldman, a Democrat on the panel, told reporters that Archer told the committee that Hunter Biden, quote, did put his father father on speakerphone in the presence of business partners, but that business was never discussed. So that's one side, one uh immediate spin from the Democrats, Victor. And now another story that's coming come out this Monday evening, and that's why I think it's important to note the date, is Miranda Devine, the great uh, reporter from the New York Post, and she has a piece out. Devin Archer, the headline, Devin Archer reveals exactly what Hunter was selling, Joe Biden. And here's the beginning of her account. Victor, it says... Devin Archer's testimony shows that Joe Biden lied to the American people time and again. He lied that he knew nothing about his son Hunter Biden's 
international influence peddling scheme. He lied that he never spoke to Hunter about his overseas deals. What has leaked so far about Archer's closed-door testimony is that Hunter, once his best friend and business partner, put then-Vice President Joe Biden on the speakerphone more than 20 times during meetings and invited him to dinners with overseas business associates. The article goes on. Victor, obviously, we're going to hear more on Tuesday, August 1st, Wednesday, the 2nd, as uh, more uh, people reveal what happened behind closed doors. But, Victor, this is the initial spin and the initial reporting. I think Miranda Devine's a very trustworthy reporter. I mean, damn, she broke the news about the, the laptop. Victor, what are your thoughts on on what we've heard so far? Well, it's it's in closed sessions, so we have this caricature about Representative Dan Goldman that comes out and he wants the American people to believe that uh, fraud is not as serious offense as influence peddling. And by that, I mean, he now has backed away and as all Democrats and has the Biden family that Joe Biden didn't know anything about uh, this business activity, but that he was put on speakerphone, but it was just small talk and Hunter exaggerated the presence of Joe and he deceived, basically he's suggesting he deceived his multi-million dollar paying clients by suggesting that the mere presence of Joe uh, on a phone call would result in some type of quid pro quo, but it didn't, but that was their problem. In other words, they deliberately allowed Joe, read between the, his lines, to assume a role that he didn't play, which is to deliberately defraud people out of their money if they were paying for what is a, effectively a de facto lobbyist, Joe Biden. And so that was so ridiculous. And it, it, uh, it you know, there's this huge rhinoceros in the living room and that is would hunter biden or jim biden or ashley biden or any of these bidens have any money at all from ukraine or romania or china if it wasn't for tapping into the vice presidency of joe biden and then subsequently tapping into the potentiality of joe biden president and the answer is no and so then the further second question that is begged is, okay, they were paying money to this mediocrity, Hunter Biden and his mediocre family on the pretense that they were going to get special treatment from Joe Biden. And so when Joe Biden was no longer vice president, they have, they have, that's very important. They have the salary and Burisma did for one example of Hunter and that's important for two reasons. They did, they have them because they wouldn't have that direct conduit to the White House policy formation vis-a-vis -vis Ukraine. But secondly, they didn't cut it because they knew that Joe Biden was going now a former vice president and may run for president. So they wanted Hunter, basically, I guess we could use the term, they wanted the Biden family on retainer. And that's what they did. And so everybody, what I'm saying by the, by the rhinoceros in the room, everybody knows that this grifter family had no talent, no expertise, nothing to sell. It's like the painting. Does anybody think that paint by numbers, childish 
Mass would ever get a penny if it was at the Fresno County Fair? No. It was all predicated on the fact that if you buy Hunter Biden and you pay him off or Jim Biden, then you're going to have them talk to Joe Biden. And every once in a while, Joe's going to call just so you know that that connection is still there and he's going to do things for you. Like what? Like fire the prosecutor. Uh in Ukraine, or turn a blind eye, perhaps, as we see now with China. And that's what they paid for. That's what they got. And it's just ridiculous. Everybody knows it. What the House members have to do, I think they do not want to jump to impeachment yet because they have to get the documentation. And that means all of the IRS bank records. Then they need to get a forensic accountant to go in there and to look at the type of lifestyle homes appurtenances that the Bidens got and match it with their reported income. And I, I think that and then trace where that money went, the aggregate 50 million. They need to do that. They need to get, subpoena all the internal communications between Weiss, Garland, all of the DOJ. And they really need to find out what Christopher Ray knew about Christopher Ray, the FBI is leaking now and, you know, Oh, we didn't know about it. Or if we had have known about the sweetheart deal with Hunter or if we had, but they're knee deep in it. So it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse because everybody, it's just so, it's just such an open and shut case. Joe Biden is a blowhard, a bullshitter, if I could use that vernacular. And yeah. And everybody, a glad handler, a grifter, and these people made, you know, fifty million for entire governments and a lot, right? Uh, for these governments, and they made a minimal investment in buying off the Biden family with the hope that every once in a while, Joe, they could call on Joe and he would step in, the big guy, Mister Ten Percent, the guy sitting next to me right now as I'm talking to quote Hunter, and he would give them a, a bone or two, and they did, and you know, Holman Jenkins, I, I raised that. Um, Article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Wall Street Journal. What did he say? Yeah. Yeah. And I and I wrote something about it today in American Greatness. And there is evidence if you look at our treatment of China or this Ukraine stuff that Joe is acting out of character, out of American character. And that is any other American president, even Bill Clinton or Barack Obama would have reacted to that bloom. We've never had a president that just gave us 10 to 12 different narratives to excuse that spy balloon. We never have. Right. We've never had people in the federal government that lied under oath. And that's what Rand Paul is having a criminal referral to Dr. Fauci. And the this whole establishment, which continued into the Biden administration, was amplified by it, that has no interest a, in the origins of the Wuhan virus, and B, is terrified, is terrified that somebody does have an interest, is going to show that the American money that was secretly channeled through Echo Health to that lab, along with expertise, instruments, machinery, etc., that all of that conduit ultimately, existentially, was what made the COVID virus. And if you just think about it, then there is one person, Dr. Fauci, and the people who have employed him and the people who empowered him that was in some ways an architect of the whole world pandemic. Right. And so 
I mean, that's a, that's a, that's an incredible thing to say, but it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So what I'm getting at is this whole administration uh, had soft gloves with China. And I think that one of the reasons is that like the corporate elite that are compromised with their investments, they are compromised too. When you have a Michael Bloomberg running for a candidacy for presidency in 2020, and he tells us that China is more or less a consensual society. And then you learn he has $10 billion in investments for Chinese communist related companies for startup money. And he's investing in them. Then it's, it's, if I, if I can add to that, Victor, remember Ray Dalio, the head of, yes. of Bridgewater Associates, the largest hedge fund uh, out there. Same thing. Oh, they're essentially they're they're good guys. Um, yeah, it's terrible. Hey, Victor, you you mentioned a forensic accountant. Not only I think for the what what we what we think now are obviously direct payments to Hunter and. You know, big guy gets 10%. But these other payments that still have been mentioned, but uh, to the University of Delaware. Yes. And Penn State, University of Penn, wherever the hell, you know, constitutional scholar Joe Joe Biden taught, you know, he taught constitutional law, et cetera. So I think there's many additional millions maybe to be to be uh, to be uh, explored and examined. And that's what uh, that's what money does, Jack. When somebody gives you money for nothing, then not to defer to them is considered ingratitude. Right. And so when the Chinese lavish money on Joe Biden gratuitously at the University of Delaware and Pennsylvania or wherever, then naturally good old Joe from Scranton is going to go soft on Chinese requests or Chinese illicit activity. That's the purpose. It's not a formal contract. It's just when you get into that that cycle of corruption, then the person who is corrupted always excuses his corrupt racketeering behavior by saying, I'm not an ingrate. These people help me and therefore I am obligated to help them. And they right. don't look at look at that as a business transaction, but that's what it is. And that's what the Bidens were doing. And yeah. they had nothing to offer anybody, nothing, no more. It was just one of a hundred senators and he was not a very good senator. I know he was head of the Foreign Relations Committee for a while, but he he didn't have any expertise. And yet he he did have one thing that apparently the Chinese or the Ukrainians or Romanians or other people knew he was willing to sell his office and his integrity for a price. Right. And all of those Bidens lived the life of the elite, the multimillion dollar elite. And there was no means of income to sustain that lifestyle yeah. other than the offices of Joe Biden. That's that's all it was. Yeah. Well, sell America out for a, for a beach house in Delaware. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it happens. It's happening. It's happened. Um, one other thing about um, the uh, Biden. I mean, let's talk about Hunter for a sec, uh, second, Victor, and and maybe you want to talk a little more about Fauci. I don't know, but uh, Hunter uh, news came out today about the famous, uh, the infamous court hearing from last last week um and the judge qu questioned hunter biden for the special plea deal that blew blew up or temporarily blew up anyway asked him if he uh 
you know, was he seeing a doctor? Was he seeing a psychiatrist? Are you a member of the bar? And he said, yes. He said he was a member of the, I think, the D.C. and the Connecticut bar. And the fact is, he has been disbarred in Connecticut. Now, for, for not paying his, his um, uh, fees. But I, I have to believe, Victor, if you're a lawyer who practices, can legally practice in two states, and when you... you when you have the inability to practice in that state, whether for whatever reason you were disbarred for something criminal you did, or you just didn't pay up, you know that. You you know that. So he he, I, the presumption here is he knowingly lied to the to the judge at that uh, hearing uh, this past week. Any uh, any thoughts on that, Victor? Well, that's what he does. I mean, he's lied and said that his paintings that these amateurish paintings, he would not know or would they identify the buyer. There was going to be a firewall between the Biden family and the buyer of this art. That was ludicrous at face value. Who would ever buy that stuff unless they were going to get some perk from it? Now we know that somebody who paid, I guess, nearly $800,000 was appointed to a prestigious um, commission and was a frequent visitor of the White House. And that's what she paid for. She didn't pay that art that she bought from Hunter is in a garbage bin somewhere right now, Jack. It was, it, that's not what she bought. Right. That, that was just like a dollar bill. It was a means of currency. So he was lying about that. He was lying on national TV and the CBS when they asked him about the laptop and he said it could be, he didn't, he didn't really say, he didn't say it wasn't his, he knew it was his, but he wanted to give the impression that it was not because he got Anthony Blinken and his dad did to call up these corrupt, intelligence officials, particularly Mike Morrell, who should be ashamed of himself, former interim director of the CIA. And what did he do? He got 50 people to lie. They all knew they lied. This has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. And when you read right. any anybody knew that. So he's a chronic liar, Jack. That's all he does. And he's like most addicts. He's a chronic liar. And they have a chronic inability to keep stuff they just abandon stuff they lose bags of cocaine they leave crack pipes in cars uh the ashley who had a drug problem leaves a diary that's incriminating he can't know where his gun is his illegally registered gun it ends up in a dumpster by a school he loses maybe apparently two laptops with incriminating uh he's not the first time he lost one that's what addicts do and that's what biden's do biden's lie they have a culture of lying all of them and yeah. my word is a biden is a synodic it's just a synonym for i'm lying right now <laughs> I, I guess, Victor, after 50 years, and they have accumulated wealth. I, I, I think they think they could just tough out anything or it's what it ain't yeah, gonna, think, it ain't, it's uh, not going to the reach is not going to ever get to them. But maybe, so, maybe it's uh, about to. Yeah, I think that our listeners are saying, OK, Victor and Jack. So how do they get away with it? How come they got away with it? And the answer is, in general, the, he was a senator that the left protected because he was a leftist. And I mean by that, the leftist media. So none of this was ever the object or concern of any New York Times or New Yorker or anything. Only to the degree, if you remember um, carefully, 
only to the degree when Joe Biden ran against Barack Obama. Then they went to town when O'Biden said, this is the first clean and articulate black we've had. But other than that, they gave him a complete pass. And that fact was known to Joe Biden. They found him useful, at least more useful than uh, the integrity of reporting what he was doing, his family in Ukraine. And every once in a while, they would print some leak story that Barack Obama was concerned what the Bidens were doing. But that was not to hurt Joe Biden. That was just to show what a magnanimous statesman Barack Obama was. So other than that, he got a complete pass. There was no deterrence. That's what created him. And then the amount of money in a globalized economy. I mean, in 1980, Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union. I mean, China didn't have any money then. None of these players had. Romania was an old Warsaw Pact. But you, you know, fast forward to 40, 50 years later in this global economy, these erstwhile impoverished states have a lot of money and they're using it. They don't have any scruples of losing it. And so the Bidens, it was too much of a temptation. And they always justify, you know, Joe was the old guy who was Amtrak Joe. He was he's just so frugal. He has so little money. He went from this meager little home that didn't say have a little fire. It almost burned down. He lied about that. And he he went all the way in the train. No, he bought the DuPont mansion when he was a senator and he had money coming in as vice president while he was in office. Yeah. And I was like, and get it says in the Constitution, high crimes and misdemeanors, but it's press prefaced by two crimes, treason and bribery. And that's what he was engaged in. Just a question of strategically, to what degree do the House um, Republicans with a very thin margin with an upcoming campaign cycle with no control of the Senate or the presidency, to what degree do they pursue an impeachment writ and, and what would it mean politically? And I think Kevin McCarthy's pretty wise and he's trying to get all of his eggs in one basket, line them up, because you can't just impeach him on a vote, vote like the Democrats did with right. Trump, Trump without evidence. And I think there's a lot of evidence, but they've got to get it all written down. They've got to get the memo. They've got to get the data. They've got to get all the depositions from the oligarchs, they got to get Bobolinsky, they got to get Archer's depositions, they got to get the whistleblowers, they got to get bank records, compile yeah. and then impeach them and then go after the people that either hid that information or collude with the Biden family so it wouldn't see the light of day. Well, Victor, we have a few more things to uh, talk about. One of them has to do with the uh, release of uh, today by um, uh, DeSantis of his Declaration of Economic Independence. Very interesting stuff. But before we get there, I'd like to let our listeners know uh, about our sponsor for today's uh, episode, and that's ExpressVPN. And they should know that ExpressVPN makes you anonymous online by camouflaging your IP address and replacing it with a different secure IP of your choice. ExpressVPN also encrypts all of your data so that it's protected from hackers and anyone else that's trying to spy on you. So for our listeners, ExpressVPN is giving three months free on a one-year package. So listeners, go to expressvpn.com slash Victor. I'll spell ExpressVPN because, you know, even my, my Bronx accent may screw this up. E-X-P-R. 
R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Victor. Go there to find uh, this offer. ExpressVPN is easy to use. You just download the app on your phone or your computer. You tap one button and bingo, you are protected. So if you're like me and believe your internet data belongs to you and not to greedy uh, corporations, then ExpressVPN is the answer. Protect your data. With the number one rated VPN provider today, visit expressvpn.com slash Victor to get three months free on a one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Victor. You know how you spell Victor, Victor? V-I-C-T-O-R. Expressvpn.com slash Victor. Go there to learn more. We thank the good people at ExpressVPN for sponsoring the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious Great tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? For our listeners, Factor is giving you 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month when you use the promo code VICTOR50 at factormeals.com slash VICTOR50. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Remember, to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month, head to factormeals.com slash victor50, that's V-I-C-T-O-R-5-0, and use the code VICTOR50, that's code VICTOR50, at factormeals.com slash VICTOR50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. We're back with the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Hey, Victor, you know, before we go on to uh, uh, Ron DeSantis's, um 10-point plan that he released today. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, do you have anything more to say about um, Fauci or maybe maybe about just the tenacity of, of um, Senator Paul going after him? I mean, he's, he, he is gunning for him. And I think he's... I think he's a hero because... As I, I do too. Here, I mean, I do too. this guy's finger... This is the guy that let this happen who paid well for i mean it i happened i went back and looked at those exchanges i mean ron paul said it Rand paul said at the time 
Dr. Fauci, you're under oath. And what you just said is that there's no gain of function research going on that's subsidized by the United States government. He said, that's not true. And there's experts and everybody knows it's not true. And everybody knows that that genetic sequence of that virus is not found in nature before a human was infected. And so he lied about that. And we have now, as Rand Paul's pointed out, even with the heavily redacted initial Francis Collins uh, dash Anthony Fauci uh, blast emails to three or four other people that persuading them to suspend their initial impressions that this was a manufactured virus and get on the team, so to speak, and then getting basically if they uh, see Fauci, if they start subpoenaing all of his emails, he's likely to have been in contact with Peter Daszak, whom he said he didn't really know, but he knew well enough to use him as a conduit for $600,000 and the expertise that came along with it to fund this research. And then remember, Daszak was the guy who created the phony Lancet investigation. Remember that? That all the experts were going to go over right. with a deductive, predetermined conclusion that this was a pangolin or bat virus. They went over there. That They were humiliated by the Chinese. They didn't want any discussion. They, didn't, we, they weren't wanting window dressing. They were wanting some kind of cheap veneer that the Chinese were cooperative. And they, they couldn't even do that. And then that article has been now completely discredited. And yet, if you go back and read what the New York Times, Washington Post, the liberal commentariat said about that investigation, lays to rest for good the conspiratorial idea of a manufactured virus. You know, anybody who said we've talked about this numerous times, Tom Cotton wrote about it very early. They went out and demonized him for saying that Stephen Quay was on this podcast. They went after him. They went after Scott Atlas. Heck, I had letters from people in the Stanford alumni uh, group attacking me for suggesting it. And so uh, I think Dr. Fauci is in a very difficult position because he's on record under oath and He's dealing with somebody who you don't kid around with, and Rand Paul is already filing a, a criminal referral for perjury. And the mood of the country is simply this, Jack. If you continue to let the highest officials in this government go before Congress, swear an oath to tell the truth and only but nothing but the truth, and then flagrantly lie, whether that lie is one of commission, like James Clapper or John Brennan, who admitted they lied, or Andrew McCabe, who admitted he lied to federal investigators. I think three of the times he was took an oath, or it's lies of omission, like James Comey saying on 245. I don't know. That's what, remember, they're going to indict Walt Nauta, the Trump subordinate at Mar-a-Lago, basically they're going to indict him for saying, I don't know, just exactly what the head of the FBI did 240 times, or Robert Mueller, when he said he didn't know what the Steele dossier or the Fusion GPS. If you're going to, you've got to, or Hillary Clinton about her server and destroying, you know, a subpoenaed items. If you're not going to enforce, if you're going to continue not to enforce the law when it's the more, our highest, we're not going to have a republic. And I think Dr. Fauci is going to be, it's kind of like musical chairs. All of these liars have had a seat and got away right. with it, but the music stopped and there's no place for him.
Right. And he's the he's the caboose. And I hope that they throw the book at him. Yeah. Because he just serially lied and misled the American people. Yeah. Well, I can't say he murdered millions, but his actions to to disregard a ban on gain of function to fund it anyway and to lie about it to Congress. Those are dots that are easy to connect. Victor, I think Rand Paul has uh, an, a kind of an advantage there, as opposed to you know some of the. It's maybe wrong to compare these, but Hunter Biden with all the you know where where are these L, uh, these corporations that are these you know, hiding money you know how do you what, what's the obvious facts here that takes as you said earlier like forensic accountants to find out things, but here it's pretty damn clear and uh, who who hasn't been affected themselves individually. Or mom or grandma was killed by this, killed by what? By this guy wanting, giving the Chinese, red communist Chinese military money to create a, a weapon? It was crazy. He deserves to be in prison. And his name off the wall at Holy Cross. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And he also, I mentioned that he's the caboose or people are getting sick of it. But there's also, from his first lie with Francis Collins, there's a radical change in the scientific and indeed the public opinion about the lockdowns and the quarantines. Right. I think it's a general consensus now that unlike what Dr. Fauci said, the vaccinations were not fully tested. They were not fully safe. They might have been valuable in a cost benefit analysis. We'll see. But they had some side effects for vulnerable people. Number two. They did not prevent people from being either infected or infectious. And he, that was what what they were sold on. Right. They, we now know, I think, pretty clearly that all of this trauma from the May 120, uh, 220 riots for 120 days, the BLM, the Antifa, the election conundrum, the George Floyd after the whole woke madness, a lot of it had to do was shutting 330 million people inside apartments and houses, depriving them of their livelihood of social human contact, spiking cancer, canceling screenings, canceling operations, increasing spousal, familial, alcohol, drug abuse. It was a disaster. And Fauci was one of the architects of that. And he's all, even said, I wasn't the person. And he was the one who said that flatten the curve had to continue beyond the three weeks. And he knows it. And so the mood of the country is no longer sympathetic with iconic little bobblehead toy, Dr. Fauci. No, you know, all you had to do to figure that guy out, Jack, was look at that picture of himself in his office. When right. Remember every every little mm -hmm. toy, every little icon of him, every little poster and photograph is right. plastered all around him. Yeah. So. Well, uh, Victor, let's move on to the promised um, discussion on Ron DeSantis. So he was in Rochester. I think it was Rochester, New Hampshire, although some news reports said Rochester, New York. I uh, would make more sense that he revealed this in, in New Hampshire. But there's a 10-point declaration of economic independence. And here are some of the items on on this list. The first one is taking back control of our economy from China and restoring our economic sovereignty to achieving 3% growth by incentivizing investment, eliminating bureaucracy and red tape and keeping taxes low. Three, unleashing America 
energy independence, four, ending ESG, five, restoring merit and respect for the individual is a central criteria for economic advancement. Then he also has uh, reforming our ed- education system, lowering the barriers to entry for working class Americans, creating a fair labor market, forcing the border law, uh, reigning in the Federal Reserve, opposing bailouts and holding bad economic actors responsible, which I I, I imagine that applies to some of those like Silicon Valley banks that get away with things. And the final one is fighting reckless and wasteful federal spending. Victor, I don't know what conservative or what just good old American wouldn't find this uh, uh, palatable and uh, maybe even inspiring, but that's my gut, my take. What's your take on this, Victor? Well, I read it as well, and it's 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 pretty wise in the sense it's old-fashioned deregulation, tax cuts, but it's not the George H.W. Bush or Reagan thing alone. It's got the MAGA middle class there. So there's a lot of emphasis on the education elements of vocational training, a lot of skepticism about the university, a lot of attention to making the the moral hazard shift to the university if they want all of this DEI and these politicized majors, and they're not worried about their graduates' uh, ability to compute or to read or they're nearly now $2 trillion in indebtedness, but suggesting that they take on the role of guaranteeing their own student's loan vis-a-vis their endowments. So if you look at it very carefully, there's a kind of a truncated form, and then there's an expansive one that shows you how to implement it, which I thought was good. But it's basically designed for the middle class. And the, the, the subtext is... Even the rubrics anymore don't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter really what the unemployment rate, what matters is the labor participation rate. And it's going down when you have 61% of eligible people working. Right. And you, and, yeah. And you claim that, oh, it's only three and a half percent are out of work. Right. No, right. no, 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 no. You've almost got 40% that are either on the dole or they're on the black market or they're dealing in the cash economy or they're just not participating who are eligible. And that's devastating. Or when you talk about uh, 7%, that 7% interest has just kicked in. There's a lot of people who have escaped it so far because they're sitting on car loans, from the 2021 or right. 2000 or house zero percent right yeah. exactly or they have yeah. 1.9 but that's that's finite these yeah. people will sell their homes and they're going to have to mortgage they're going to need a new car so it's going to get worse and there's a lot of intricacies in that document that show it the other thing is about it is and he's amplified that i think he's right about that and this is more controversial but you got to have people to implement it and you've got to have people that know what they're doing. And that was Trump had great ideas. But the problem was that the bipartisan establishment shunned him. And he, he I'm not sure that his team thought they were going to win in 2016. And right. then he, he was rushed by, you know, the Steve Bannons, the Omarosos, the Scaramucci's, all of those people. And he didn't he got very talented people like Stephen Miller. I mean, the guy 
was right on on the border. But it, there was not only those people. Uh, and I, I'm it was not weak, saying, it was weak preparation. But weak, I mean, the fact yeah. that Sally Yates was that her name? It was still, yeah. you know, operating. A, how about James? How about James Comey and Anthony <laughs> Fauci? Right, right. Yeah, and so the point is, and then when he appointed people. I like John Kelly. I liked Jim Mattis, but they're, they were not on the team to implement the Trump agenda. They were on the team to implement their agendas as they felt was best for the country. Right. And there were some public servants, I think a Mike Pompeo or an H.R. McMaster, they, they, whether they agreed or not with Trump, they saw their mission as this is what the president of the United States who was elected wants. And these are my skills to translate that to the administrative state and see it implemented. And I'm not going to freelance because I think he's a buffoon or he he should be in P, any of that stuff. And they and they did a good job. And there was a lot of them, but not enough. And so the sixty four thousand dollar question, when you see a detailed print and he's got this Florida team, will he be able to do that better or will Donald Trump? with all the people around him now who are seasoned and many of whom went through that disaster, will he be able to get a, 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 a team that knows how Washington works or will, will there'll be people willing to work for him? And DeSantis said today, I think it was an interview I watched with Brett bear. Right. I, I read the transcript. He said, the problem is the Trump will not get people good enough to work for him for a variety of reasons, meaning they either didn't want to be stained with the controversy or the Trump indictments or what, but he can't, he can't get the hardcore conservative a team to use that awful term, a team or all stars that are necessary to get through a very necessary agenda. Cause I think that Trump and DeSantis and probably that Scott, are all those agendas are going to be pretty similar. Mike Pence's probably will be pretty similar. They'll they'll differ on some issues on foreign policy, obviously, but the only difference that I see is maybe Chris Christie and Nikki Haley will be a little bit more neoconservative or something. But other than that, it's not going to be about that. This blueprint is wonderful, but it's about who can get the people to push it through. Reagan's genius was, that when he got in there, he understood he had a shelf life of about a year and he rammed through the tax cuts. He did it all. And they never quite recovered to oppose him. And right. so you, you need a team to go in there in late January of 2025 and early February. And you've got to get the Senate and you've got to take this entire border crime energy blueprints that oh, that he is assembling and you've got to push it through quick. Before. I like Victor that that the you know these things could be rearranged in any order the 10 point but that the first one is Economic. taking back control of our economy from China. I I that, yeah, I, I find that pretty well, crazy. Well as as we talked about the other day I'm really sensitive to it because 12 miles from my house oh, there was there was a de facto bio lab that may have been ostensibly used to create test kits, but the reality is apparently everything, as we said, from measles to herpes to HIV to COVID mm. was, was there in vials, and there were mm. genetically engineered mice 
that Grace. probably were infected with some of these things on the ground dead and others alive in inhumane condition. This was run by a Chinese connected consortium. And when you think about the land, as we talked about, they're buying up. I mean, their whole idea, I think everybody's got to have a complete paradigm shift on how they operate. They're different than any other opponent this country has ever faced. It's an insidious idea that they're going to buy farmland. They're going to buy farmland near military bases. They're going to probe with the trading. They're going to call us racist. They're going to call us illiberal, why they have a million Wagers in camp. They're going to send over 380,000 students. And they're going to say, they're all being accused of espionage with the idea that just 1%, that is 3,800, are spies. And right. they're going to appropriate. Just look at their military and those those parades they do. Look at their jets. Look at their uniforms. Look at their all their artillery. It's all copied from the United States. It's all stolen. And they don't create anything originally. And I know that a lot of people that I really respect highly, like David Goldman, said, well, wait a minute, Victor. They've got better, more engineers. They're better. Than our, I think that may come true, especially if we destroy the remnants of meritocracy. But right now, they are heavily dependent on the expertise of Americans. And they have been stealing us blind at our expense. And that was a great contribution. If Donald Trump doesn't do anything the rest of his life, he will be regarded by his historians as the one candidate in either party who in 2016 said the problem is China, China, right. China, China. If you were a conspiracy theorist and you believed in China, if you were in China and you believed that your existential deadly enemy was Donald Trump for waking up the United States to what you had been doing for 20 years, and you had the ability to genetically engineer under lack security conditions a deadly virus that would create a pandemic and destroy his presidency. I won't go any further, but you can see where yeah. at, at night I kind of take a couple of melatonin and I start dreaming. And, it's, <laughs> and you can see that they wanted that guy out. They wanted him out. They they don't want him anywhere near. But the, the weird thing is that he sparked a whole series of followers, even the people he didn't like. The people didn't like him. So when you look at the Republican field, they're all on the same page about China. Right. And the Wall Street, the corporate boardroom is is not is not listened to because they're they're seen as having well, you know vested interests with Chinese financiers. So well also Victor for for quite a, a while that not only were they making money and don't want to begrudge anyone for making money in their activities in China, but the, but then also saying it was because of my my Morgan Stanley's involvement in in uh, communist China that it that was going to democratize China. That's so a very good that's a that's a very good point. And that was, again, that started with Bill Clinton, but it was carried through in the Bush administration that people who were making a lot of money and it was came to fruition at its zenith with Barack Obama. The people who were making the most money said, we're doing it for you. We're doing it for world peace. We're doing it for bilateral relations. We're trying to bring China into the world of Western rules, order, and Western democracy. And that's why we should be lauded for all the money we make over there. And we 
and there were certain taboo subjects. You don't talk about East Palestine, Ohio. You don't talk about Selma, California. You don't talk about all the industries that were hollowed out right. and just all the lives that were destroyed, all the Chinese fentanyl that was sent to Mexico and repackaged by the cartels to kill 100,000 Americans. You don't talk about any of that. You just talk about, I made a billion dollars for all of you Americans, because I wanted us to be friendly with this great power, China. But more importantly, I wanted to use our values so that they would see how superior that is and they would emulate us. And that was about as stupid a crackpot idea. That would be like saying, I want to talk to Hitler. I'm Neville Chamberlain. We have to talk to Herr Hitler. And then once he sees what gentlemen we are, how diplomatic we are, he will stop his aggression, want to emulate English rules of behavior. And after people should remember that after the Munich agreement, Hitler was angry, right? He was angry because he wanted to invade immediately and he had nothing but contempt. He saw him as a little speed bump Chamberlain. And he said, you know what? I, I would like to see that old man and jump on him and smash him in his stupid umbrella. Right. He hated that guy for not just, because he delayed the invasion of Poland, because that was to his advantage. But he said, I saw them at Munich. They were worms. They're worms. He had he took magnanimity on the part of Chamberlain, and he rightly interpreted it as weakness to be exploited. Right. And that's what people did with our captains of industry when they went over to China. That's what the Chinese people apparat did they said you know these americans are so damn stupid it's kind of like the illegal immigration you know when you have these people in the roosevelt hotel in new york and they come here they break the law number one crossing the border they break the law number two by residing inside the united states they break the law number three by probably having phony idea we put them up in a new york hotel and then there's no time limit and then they have to leave. And then what do they do? They try to trash it. They're out demonstrating. They assault. And we have this absurd idea that we're let, letting immigration criminals be subsidized by the federal government. When we have people, whether it's returning veterans or poor people, that can't buy an apartment or can't rent an apartment or buy a house. It's just absurd. But you think what my point is, do you think that those illegal aliens that are attacking people in the streets of New York or that are angry and demanding they get more free things? Do you think they say to these, they think, I love this country because Americans are so warm hearted. Right. And, and, you know, unlike Mexico, it's a diverse, racially diverse, ethnically diverse country. And that's why I came here. And every time the Americans let me stay in a beautiful hotel free, they give me free food. I'm going to reciprocate with comparable <laughs> magnet. Or do they think, oh, what are these stupid gringos? These people are right. blank, blank idiots. Yeah. I have nothing but contempt for them. And I'm going to take them to the cleanup. That is the attitude. I know that because I've seen people here where I live with that attitude. And I've just, <laughs> you know, nobody likes I, a sucker. Everyone, you know, you want you, 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 you abuse them, but you and you take take from them, but you hate them. Well, I was I was at a food I was at a food market two days ago. I won't name where it was, but in my vicinity. And I was standing next to an American, a Mexican-American woman, a very nice, kind person who was telling me that she works two jobs 
and we were behind a guy, a very, very obese guy who did not speak very good Spanish because his dialect was a Baja dialect. I think Mixoteca, Baja, or an indigenous, and he was obviously right from the south of the border. And we waited there, Jack, for about 10 minutes while he took out EBT card after EBT card after EBT card, five of them, five of them before he found one that had residual money on them while we were waiting in line. And she was telling me, look at him, look at this. Yeah. And look at this. Look what he's buying. He's I got was to say to buy Doritos or something. Oh, well, it was all yeah. full. It was all full of processed food. Yeah. Coca-Cola, no diet, Mountain Dew, no diet. And then special alcohol that he paid with cash or a different type of card. And he didn't speak a word of English and he poorly spoke Spanish. And she said to me, he's right from the cross. He was one of these people who was bust in lately. Bust in, she said. And she was, you know, Mexican-American and she was outraged right. because she was telling me she works two jobs. And but my point is, do you think that that guy, when he looked around at everybody, said, I love you, Americans. You know, I may weigh 300 pounds. I'm, I get to come to the country. You give me free Coke. You give me free ice cream. I don't have to work. This is wonderful. And I'm going to really be a part of your country. Maybe in some cases that's true. But from the way he acted and... He did not care one bit that there was one check line open and there were 10 people waiting while he just sat there, stood there and went slowly. And the poor clerk said, no, it doesn't work. You yeah. know, that, that one doesn't work either. Do you have another one? No, that doesn't work either. Maybe we'll have to just put these aside and you'll have to go because we no, that one doesn't work either. Do you have another one? Oh, there's something left on that card. And that's what, and he didn't care. So I, I, I think human nature being what it is, that uh, that's going to be one, whoever the, the Republican nominee is, and if the Republicans can unite behind them, conservatives, there's going to be a big change in this country. You can feel it. When you see people in San Francisco who, when you have the mayor of San Francisco say that if she could get rid of every tax, she would to get business back. Or yeah. you, you see those white, brown, black suburbanites march on Oakland and they go into that city council meeting and that Soros-funded DA starts giving her that sickening narrative about how she's suffered and she understands why people do that. And they just shouted her down. They're just sick of it. And the idea that the criminal who victimizes the innocent person is a victim has no currency anymore. So I think it's all coming to ahead and i hope the conservatives can unite get the message and yeah. save save the country from itself because it's yeah. it's imploding it's and not to go down a, t a tangent maybe we'll, we'll take a break but one last thing on on desantis and i think uh because you just mentioned you know how conservatives will will go forward in the next year but uh I, I like DeSantis's package, particularly compared to what we discussed about like two two episodes ago. This freedom conservatism, which is, uh, you know, I guess it's kind of academic and scholarly, but uh, well, quote unquote scholarly. But this is a kind of an agenda that is grappling with the realities that that Americans are actually facing. That's what I yeah. like about it. It's not yeah. theoretical. It just says. Yeah. You are Bill Smith or Juan Lopez or Tyrone Wilson 
and you're a middle-class person and you work hard and you can't buy a house and you can't have your kids get educated without huge loans and you can't walk down the street of a major American city after dark without being assaulted and you don't know who you're going to meet who came across the border illegally and you're giving all these billions of dollars to Ukraine and you don't have arsenals to protect your own country or you fled Afghanistan and they're saying, what can I do for you? How can I stop that madness that's ruining your life? Tell me how to do it. And this blueprint suggests that. Yeah. And, And it has to be radical. It has to be structural. You've got to tell Harvard or Princeton University, you're not going to have a 50 or 40 or $30 billion endowment tax-free and then spend this money on indoctrinating uh, students of the elite that's going to run this country as if they came out of a commissariat 1930 Soviet Union. And you're not going to get away anymore either with practicing blatant Jim Crow racism. We're just not going to let you do it. And you have to take them on. And that requires radical reform. And that's what this document is about. I mean, if you 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 could end the you could end the monopoly of the teachers union tomorrow in most states if you just said, Mr. Mrs. Miss would be teacher, you're idealistic, you got a BA, you want to go teach in the public schools, but they make you go through a year and a half of the education indoctrination. Right. You don't have to do that to get a credential. Just go right. walk walk over to the history department, walk over to the biology department, get a one and a half year master's degree where you really intensify your knowledge and the teaching will come on its own. That happens in JC. No community college teacher has to go through the education department. They do just well. PhDs do not have to learn how to teach. You get your academic training, you go right in and teach and it's rough the first year. You learn like throwing a kid in the old West in water. He learns how to school. And so that would break the power of the teachers union right there. And so there are things we can do to get the country back. And I like this blueprint. I like all of the Republicans, what they're talking about, because for the first time in my life, they're talking about systemic. And that's a term the left use, but systemic reform. It doesn't do any good to give any more shibboleths. I'm going to come in and lower the income tax rate 2%. I'm going to prune back. I don't know, the Department of Homeland Security. There should have never been all these departments. And you're going to have right. to somebody to go in there and just say it doesn't work anymore for the middle class and start doing radical things. But to do that, you have to have a blueprint. You have to people carry it out and you have to act professionally. You have no margin of error. Right. No on You have to win. So. <laughs> you got to win. You got to win, yeah. baby. You got to yeah. win. Yeah. All right, Victor, we're going to talk about um, the things uh, ecological and mendacious, mendacious ecological matters. And we'll get to, to that right after uh, this important message. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. 
Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We're back with the Victor Davis Hanson Show. I mentioned earlier to our listeners, and I know we have new listeners all the time, that there is this place called the Blade of Perseus, and that's the official home on the internet of Victor. It's, uh, the web address is victorhanson.com. Go there. You will find the archives of these podcasts, the links to Victor's American Greatness essays and his syndicated columns, often links often to his various appearances on other podcasts and interviews. And then there you will find ultra articles. You have this little, box, little black box that says ultra, and you'll click on it. You'll try to read this, oh, wow, Victor's written a piece on, on uh, you know, the, the Old South and, and its relevance to current society. Well, I'd love to read it. And then you won't be able to. Why? Because you need to subscribe. $5 gets you in the door, $50 for the year. And there is a just a ton of original content that Victor writes uh, every week. And you, you will, if you're a fan of Victor's writing and you're not subscribing, you are depriving yourself. So do that, victorhanson.com. Com, the Blade of Perseus. Hey, by the way, if you're on the, if you're on Facebook, check out uh, VDH's Morning Cup, and there's a friendly uh, uh, Facebook group, the Victor Davis Hanson Fan Club. You might want to join there. And if you're on Twitter, uh, the X, you saw that the news of <laughs> San Francisco won't allow the on top of Twitter's building, uh, Twitter uh, at VD Hanson at VD Hanson. That's Victor's handle. So, okay, Victor, here's a headline from uh, the Daily Mail. The big echo lie. Solar panels produce five times more carbon dioxide than previous, previously reported. Here's the first couple of lines from this article. Solar panels release five times more carbon dioxide than previously thought, according to a new report. An Italian researcher made the claims after finding a database that world institutions use to calculate global carbon footprint projections that it omits emissions from China, which produces 80% of solar panels worldwide. China is known to use coal-burning plants in manufacturing, which has dropped the price of technology for Americans and other uh, Western countries. The article it goes on with more more data. Victor, I remember, you know, in the old days, Paul Harvey, the radio guy, always had a little thing. And here's the rest of the story. And it seems something like this. And many things when it comes to uh, green crapple, like windmills, um, we do not hear the rest of the story often. And these, these uh, solar panels, windmills, other things, they're impact this quote you know saving the planet they actually seem to end up being more costly for the to the environment wow uh, than soul you mean your thoughts mike (laughs) go ahead mr doctor phd of environmental science and miss phd 
of the Green New Deal and Mr. Al Gore and John Kerry forgot to tell us this little fact that 70 to 80 percent of the solar panels are produced by the burning of coal that <laughs> can conveniently left that out. Is yeah. that what you're insinuating? Well, they were yeah. talking about other things in their private jet as yes. they were going to Davos. So. Yeah. I guess Al Gore has what a 7,000 amp, probably a circuit breaker for his electric consumption in one of his mansions. But the point is this, that what we see with leftist ideology, it's always based on the idea that they are so morally superior that they and they alone have the right to violate the law or violate their own canons. So what do I mean by this in this context? They told us that if you kill a bald eagle, you're going to go to jail. And good, I think you should. And if you hurt species, but if you build a solar zapper electric thing or you build a windmill and it just harvest everything from red tail hawks to albatrosses or you name the endangered species they don't care it's for the greater good or if you say that you can't disrupt scenic views or you can't you're going to take down elon musk's x or you're going to take down donald trump's flag because each community has scenic considerations they don't care if you build an ugly windmill right on a beach they have no problem whatsoever and they they violate all of their own canons on the altar of green, green, green excuses any violations of our uh, value system that we apply to you stupid people. And that's why it gets people really angry. And so you can look at right. I'm looking out the window and five miles away is Stonehenge, this high speed rail and any other project, Gosh, yeah. any other project, they'd say this is corrupt. It's inefficient. It's destroying the landscape. You're going into Kings County and you're making a swath right through some of the most beautiful farmland, ancestral oak trees, just so you can go from Merced to Bakersfield 20 miles faster than you can on Amtrak or 40 miles. This train to nowhere and it's not even had one. But it's okay, Victor, what are you saying? It's high speed rail. It's ecologically sound. It's what the French do and the Chinese and the Japanese get on the get on the rail, get on the car. Come on. And that's how they do it. They 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 always justify the contradictions of their own ideology by the idea that it's for the greater good for the most people. Very Marxist idea. And this is what this whole solar panels thing. Oh, yeah, we have to use coal, but it's for renewable energy. We don't really care. It's for renewable energy. Solyndra may be completely corrupt. It may be an old inside deal con with the Obama donor class, but it's for the greater good. It's for solar panel. It shouldn't matter. And that that's that's what they do. And it's it's tragic. But everybody has to understand that leftist ideology, how they think. And, you yeah. know, they... Can you imagine that what we're doing right now, we're telling people in California that cooktop that's very efficient is a great thing. You're going to have to get rid of it. And that right. you, your famous pizza in New York, your, right. I don't know, uh, open pit or whatever it is, you're going to have to get rid of it, that trademark. And you guys with those very efficient natural gas, clean burning, uh, hot water, you're going to have to get rid of it. 
and we're going to lie to you and say the electric replacement yeah. will be better and uh, less costly. Or even if you got rid of it, Victor, then you can't eat meat on it. They don't want you to eat meat no. anymore. Then you'll no. eat crickets or whatever the other. Uh, and we're going to and we're going to really fixate on the you the misdemeanor because the existential felony, i.e., two to three new coal burning plants a month in China. We have China. no f clue right. how in the hell we're going to deal with that right. because they are now the biggest polluter and they don't care. So our attitude of John Kerry's is, hey, middle class, we know you're hurting, but you're going to hurt a lot more. Here's why you have to hurt. I can't deal with the Chinese. I don't want to deal with them. I like the Chinese, but they're polluting so much that we have to get the whole global levels down a little bit and we can help them. We'll let them pollute, but we'll cut our emissions almost to what do you call it? Zero net, net zero. But we're going to do it on your back because, you know, you're an American and you're the middle class and you're irredeemable, a drags, a chump, mm -hmm. a MAGA, a MAGA this, a semi-fascist that, a clinger this, and you're going to pay the price. And that's how they think. And that's why this election is so valuable, is so important, because it's our last chance to put a check on all of this madness before it destroys us. And it's getting close to destroy us on every front. And uh, anyway, Victor, I was, uh, as you know, I was uh, out in, in California. This is Monday. Just yesterday morning, Sunday morning, I was driving down from Napa down to Fresno on 99. And I did see as what you call Stonehenge. And, and it's it really is jarring, but jarring in two ways. A, it's jarring because it's just big, this big concrete monstrosity. And, it, and it's a chunk. Uh, and then you think like, oh, my God, where's the rest of this? And and there's so much more to, to do. And it, it was, they, you got to get done. How many people will ride the damn thing? Three? You know, uh, well, there is Amtrak from Bakersfield to Merced. So the idea was that we're going to spend three hundred billion, two hundred billion dollars. So you can get uh, what? Six hundred yards from the Amtrak tracks. Yeah. And, you know, the cost, the cost analyses that have taken the one Amtrak track that goes from Bakersfield up to Northern California, Sacramento, and then on in the Bay Area on a lateral to get two tracks so that you could slice a large time off the travel time because no car would have to sit there. Right. Very, and then you could upgrade the tracks and you could get a conventional Amtrak up to 80 miles an hour was about 5% of this and you could, it would be done now. And then for another 10% or 20% of this, you could have taken the three main North South laterals, the 99, which is by hundred miles travel, hundred thousand miles traveled, the most deadly quote unquote freeway. It's not really a freeway everywhere right. in the United States, the quote unquote 101 freeway, which is not a freeway, still four lanes in many places, and I-5. And you could have made them six lanes freeway the whole length of California. And we for, and we still would have had a surplus if we just didn't have Stonehenge. And you can't tell people that on the left. And yeah. so and why? Because they have this idea. They really do. You talk to them long enough and you read Stanley Kurtz has written about it, Joel Kotkin has written about them. and you you really can understand what they want. They want people in high rises, like a Soviet flat with very minimal energy, 
with group activities outside supervised by suitably trained people. So you have a green six or seven high-risk. Forget what we know about what that did to Chicago or Detroit after World War II. And then everybody's on a high-speed rail but it will be low speed mass transit run by union employees who have absolute life or death over your physical safety in that train, the degree of cleanliness in that train and right. how much they can get out of you to be sitting at an automatic console. And if they don't like you or they think they're worth 300,000 rather than 200,000, they can shut the whole system down. That's what they want. Government controlled mat And then, there's going to be necessary John Kerry's and Al Gore's and they're going to live in Malibu and they're going to live in Beverly Hills and Pacific Palisades and Palos Verdes on five to six acres energy consumption mansions. And they're going to oversee this just like they have a dock op in the right. Black Sea right. coast, just exactly like that under the old Soviet system. Oh, there, there are the leftist ideologues do thrill to it all, the ability yeah. to 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 make other people dance at, at their command. It's a, Everybody it's should a psychological remember. thrill. Yeah, and they really, they really historically socialist, but especially Marxist and communist. They hate the upper middle class and the middle class. The up middle class and the upper middle class. They lack the what they think is the culture and the taste of the very wealthy. And they lack the romance of the distant poor. And they can't romanticize the middle class. This is the guy who works his rear end off. And then he gets his, you know, Ram 1500. And he loads up his Winnebago. And he's got a couple of jet skis on the back <laughs> the trailer. And he goes up to the lake, gets his barbecue. He, he's king of his King of the mountain. He's a man. It, a it, man. it threatens them on the no, manhood they level, they, right? Yeah, they, they, yeah. They, don't, they don't like that. They, yeah. You can't have that Winnebago. There's people who don't have a car. How dare you have that? That's a good energy. Go You're doing this. You're doing that. This is not necessary. You need to go to a Silomar over there in Pacific Grove and go to a, if you want to have a, a weekend off, you can go over there to an ecological conference, right. but it'll instruct you how to to get rid of your cooktop. That's how they, that's how they, that's how they think. And they're very yeah. dangerous, self-righteous people. And you've got to stop them. And we have to identify them and stop them. I'm not calling, you know, for more polarization. I'm just trying to tell everybody that right. they don't have any public support. And yes, and yet they're running the public because of their institutional. Control. Yeah. And we can't laugh at them anymore, Victor. Like, no, some, I mean, you may have said them, the Green New Deal. Oh, look at that crazy thing. Well, they're implementing the damn stuff. These they're, they're, There are consequences to their lunatics are on the left. The and 10 years ago, 10 years yeah. ago. And that was in 2013. I heard Hillary Clinton. I think she was at Secretary of State. Or had she stepped down? She'd stepped down. I think it was she was just a private citizen. And she she said something. I didn't know what it was at a rally. I want to welcome the LGBTQ something community. Those letters. I never heard it before. It was kind of new. And then she talked about this and that and the transgendered community. And I, I thought, wow, I, I know about transgenderism. I've read uh certain classical works of psychology, you know, Jung and, and Freud and Havelock Ellis on sexuality. 
And I know I know of the phenomenon of hermaphroditism from classical anecdotes. I've read my dear doors where they talk about people of ambiguous sexual organs or cross-dressing in Petronius, but this is a a chronicle, very, very small percentage of the population. And that and I left it at that. I thought it was then my little angel, that was the angel on my right shoulder. But my little devil on the left shoulder whispered in my ear, hey, Victor, 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 you idiot. We're going to do this and this and this. And 10 years from now, this is going to be the new civil rights movement. And 40 percent of most campuses are going to say they're considering transitioning or they're now fluid in their sexuality. And we're going to have drag. This is where it's going to go. You wait and see. I, I would have thought that was crazy. I would have right. kicked the little devil off my shoulder and said, get out of here. That's impossible in the United States. Or, you know, that what was it? The swimmer, remember him, and from Princeton. Which Again, one? Uh, the man that won the, the mediocre male swimmer, and then he transitioned. And oh, I yeah. mean from Penn. Uh, yeah, Leah Penn. Thomas? I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah. Leah, yeah. Leah. There's a lot of articles this week about the women who had to dress right. with him. Eighteen and, times. Yeah, yes. like, and he's they got his to, Johnson dangling. Yeah, he sits there with it. He sits there with his phallus. Yeah. And his testicles right in front of young 18, 19 year old women. Right. And he's not shy about it. And they are they're told that the problems with them. And then you think 10, 20, 30 years ago, a person who walked into a female locker room and uh, well, I can remember in high school, we had every once in a while, weird, sick kids that thought it was neat to, uh, you know, like burst through and run into the girls' restroom or yeah. in the girls' gym, especially the locker. Or, yeah. in fact, I remember there, like six guys hoisted somebody up to look through the window. They didn't screw around with those people. They were really tough on them. They got expelled. Yeah. And they were – but it, it, it's weird how we – again, it's this idea that if you get into a leftist ideological cause, then it trumps all other causes. Right. That are By the way, Victor, you, you become you, illiterate. What happened yeah, to the you, sensitivity of young girls to protect? Right. Is, so you mentioned before that they said it was their problem. Well, that they was the, the the college administrators. Those girls did complain. They did to the administrators, and the same administrators that would you know crucify someone over over you know fabricated sexual assault allegation. The same ones who are telling these girls. You have the problem. You need to be. Uh, you need to get right with the new reality. Yeah, well, it's really happened, and the same thing with the sound of freedom. It used to be that the left was always talking about the children. We're doing this for the children. We've got to protect the children. And all of a sudden, the left has abandoned that, and it's now the transgendered people. And if you talk about children exposed to. Uh, men dressed as women grabbing their genitals or simulating right. intercourse in front of six-year-olds or having books that show how to commit oral intercourse, then all of a sudden you're a homophobe or a transphobe because yeah. you're what help, trying to help the children and right. you're worried about the children. And you're an amblophobe. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's really weird how they, the left is just completely flipped so that they don't care about the children. They don't care about free speech. They don't care about uh, economic opportunity for the middle class. They're, they're just global elitist. Um, they, they're just ideologues and they don't care about anybody, but their own particular agenda with them exempt. Not right. 
that's where they're weakest when everybody knows now that they have to be exempt because they would never believe me the architects and these universities that are allowing that if they have an eight or nine or 10 or 15 year old daughter and there are biological males and their prep schools that are exposing whether deliberately or accidentally their genitals to them they are not going to like that i don't think they will yeah. they, they think that that won't happen to them well as you've talked about many times the uh, revolution often eats its own at some point so hopefully uh hopefully they'll be chewed up like the crickets they expect us to eat hey victor we're kind of uh out of time but i'm gonna read three comments today and people can you know people listen on all kinds of platforms to this podcast and by the way you can listen to it through uh victor's website you know the blade of perseus but those who do listen on um iTunes and slash Apple. It rates this rate the show zero to five stars. And again, practically everybody leaves five stars. We thank them. And some leave comments. We do read all the comments. Or also read the comments. So many people leave comments on, on your website, Victor. Read them too. But here's here's three. Okay. First one. Huge VDH fan. That's uh, and it's from Miller Light Drinker One. Okay, I've watched VDH for years on on Fox and other shows. As folks, the attitude yet superior knowledge of history and ability to break down topics. Today's topics for the greater masses is a skill set that is hard to match. I love hearing his stories of farming and find myself laughing out loud at some of his missteps while growing the family crops. I didn't know he had a podcast till just this year, so now. I'm a diehard fan and download all of his shows. His co-hosts are very enjoyable as well. That's not why I read this, by the way. Love Sammy Wink and Jack. And that's a Miller Light Drinker one. And then the second of the three is from Beach Bum Four. And, and it's titled Outstanding on Hoover Institution and Stanford. Really good discussion of Stanford's self-directed dilemma as well as the function and influence of the Hoover Institute. So pleased to support Hoover's mission and fellows. We need to get back to education as it used to be taught while making connections with our current world. Thank you, Beach Bum 4. And the final one, this is a little odd one, but, you know, it's I, I, he's hit on something here. It's called, it's titled Love the Ads. Victor, you you know you go on this Victor Davis Hanson fan club uh, on Facebook. And be, oh, I wish I would. There's so many ads. I wish they'd stop. Can we have an episode, you know, a version without the ads? Blah blah blah. Well, anyway, this guy writes. I'm a huge fan of the show. Like many, I truly appreciate Victor's return to the fundamentals of human nature and to the basis for Western civilization. It helps make sense of our complex world. The increasing ad buys heard give me confidence that the message is getting through ad buys mean audience a wait large a audience. Wait, wait wait i just had a conversation with a very informed person that said victor would you would you take some constructive criticism i said <laughs> right. absolutely yeah. go go to it and he said i don't like your podcast because you have you go to an ad sammy or jack goes to an ad and they're not always an ad and that right sometimes yeah. it's dead air right yes and that yeah. means aren't you selling your ads and i said i will look into it right and and we'll either not have so many breaks or we'll sell more ads so i this is counterintuitive to what i was just told a week ago by a very learned person well uh, uh, maybe yeah, he, a business person 
yeah, well, maybe this gentleman, uh, if, you know, he sees the same kind of criticisms uh, that some people make uh, about too many. Um, well, let me just, uh, he ends it this way, essentially, the ads are concrete sign of the tsunami of a return to traditionalism in our society. Joy to the world. Thanks to Jack, Sammy, and especially to Victor, each of you matter greatly. Sincerely, this is Dr. Brian uh, Dr. Brian from Waukesha County, Wisconsin, who also signs himself as Mr. Big 82. <laughs> so I just want to be Mr. Big uh, 379. Oh, thank, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. And yeah. Maybe the ads have picked up. This person who told me this said, would you mind if I helped you and, and talk to some concerns that would... So maybe it's working, but... Well, but it's but, as but, you know, but, but but Jack, but yes, Sam, yes, but, yes, sir. That is, that's your end of the you and Sammy. You are the people who form the the contours of that. All I do is blab. You're the people who figure out the breaks, the this, the that, the whole structure right. of it that well, allow Victor, me to blab. People are coming for the blab, all right. <laughs> so, and it's good blab. Uh, uh, top choice, top, sir, top choice, grade A blab. And we get it here uh, four times a week, folks. So, and this was a great one. I thank you, Victor, for the, you know, as tip, typical, usual, uh, all the uh, wisdom you shared today. And thanks, folks, for, for listening. And we will be back soon with yet another episode of the Victor Davis Hansen Show. Bye bye. Thank you for listening again. It's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.